I suppose it's um, it goes without saying uh, you, you spent a long time at uh, at Wendy's uh, as the CISO there, um, eight, around eight years, I believe. Yeah, right at eight years. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. I joined Arby's uh, Restaurant Group, which is you know another U.S. chain for for those not in the U.S. And we acquired Wendy's uh, like within the first year I was there, and so it was. It was funny because first I turned the job down and then the right recruiter called me and sold me on this exciting opportunity because my first thought was, I don't want to work for somebody who has low profit margins. Like, how will I ever get budget? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they sold me on the opportunity and it was a great ride. I had um, a great boss. I reported to the CIO there, which... Um, you know, it can be problematic for some folks, but I think what made our relationship great is it really was a relationship. And throughout that experience, you know, not only did we learn from each other, but really was probably the first program that I had built from the ground up at a publicly traded company. And, you know, the great support and the teamwork there really allowed us to be um, frugal not cheap um, and put in the right solutions for the company. And that's, you know, one of the things I always, I guess, pride myself on is, is taking an approach that's right for the organization and not just like, Hey, let's do best in class because, you know, a restaurant company is very different. If you take a point of sale down, you know, the world ends and you have the CEO literally calling your desk, asking what happened. Uh, so it also taught me to uh, not forget my roots and operations and think about the downhill effect of how the program works and you know how do we actually replicate this in a big way? And then how do we do that with a small staff? Um, we had a project there, for example, where we were managing vulnerability management for not only corporate, about 1,600 locations across the U.S. and Canada, but also franchise locations. We took a program that was originally like 16 to 20 contractors and eventually within like a year brought it to four people maintaining all the patches, antivirus and system updates across what would have scaled to 70 or 80,000 systems before I left. We were doing about 40. Um, and I think just, you know, thinking back and looking, you know, not only being able to drive that efficiency and really show the business, hey, we've taken 16 to 20 jobs and reinvested them into some better projects that actually drive revenue. And we've taken this one thing that's maintenance of business, but also critical to security. And we automated it to the point where it was just kind of set and forget. Um, and that was, it was just contrary to, I guess, what I thought going into that role, right? I thought I was going to have this real issue of getting support. But I think the important thing, and I think what I've come to realize over years is there are lots of times I didn't get support but as a CISO, you know, as a security leader, it's really important not to give up on things if you truly believe and a lot of times know this is something that the company needs to do. You know, as this is a, a major problem we need to fix, um, being able to go back and tell that story a different way and be able to help the business understand that, hey, look, if we do it this way and we invest this money this year, this is what it'll net over the next few years. Um I think that really served me well. And by the time I left, uh, Wendy's had outsourced, uh, after I left, about a year after I left, they outsourced all of IT except for the security team. Um, 
the gentleman that had taken over the team after I left came in and basically inherited a fantastic team. And they were so good at what they were doing. And the program was so well ran that that was the team that they kept because they knew they couldn't outsource security. And I, I take that as a secret little win too, right? Because um, a lot of times people would go the opposite direction. They want to outsource security. But, you know, because we built an efficient system and we focused on things that really fit to a hamburger business, you know, we weren't protecting diamonds. Um, but also, you know, we were able to leverage within the business a lot of things like, you know, Wendy's loves their customers. They're all about family and all about you know, those values. And so you bet I use those every time I had a discussion about, you know, hey, this isn't going to be important to our customer. So, um, yeah, that was it was a great run. Um, I left mm. probably about a year after the franchise breach. Um, and it was it was a good time to, to leave. Um, I spent a little time after there doing some consulting, um, which for folks experiencing burnout, I highly recommend. It was yeah. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice to go in and share all your knowledge and help someone solve a problem and then walk away. And if they did it or not, no one was calling you at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, the bug doesn't stop with you. You just give your your piece of advice, and uh, no. but certainly sounds like there, there was a lot to be proud of. Um, you know, from your time at uh, at Wendy's, you know, evidenced by. You know them keeping that team and you know, inviting you back for advice, which is fantastic. Would you say that you know that time was particularly formative in the way that you approach the CISO role, but also, you know, maybe you even had to kind of invent areas of work for yourself because I know it's kind of sprawling out these days, and uh, you know CISOs are overwhelmed. But you know, you know how how were you managing that? Uh I'd definitely say from an executive standpoint, it was very formative because, you know, I had been at um, like witness before that. And when I left there, they were right at $700 million a year as Barrent uh, when they were, when they were acquired. And even though they were a $700 million software company with 1300 employees, it just wasn't quite the same level of executive requirements as when you go into, you know, Wendy's, where the officers meeting has two or 300 people in it. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden you really have to learn how to navigate the politics and the people. And yeah, so it was, it was a huge jump in my career. And also my mentor there, um, the CIO was um, former PepsiCo guy. And so I got a little bit more exposure into kind of how, you know, the really, really, you know, fortune 100 type companies are doing things but also how to work with their leaders. And so, you know, I think the soft skills really, really developed over, over that time. And plus Wendy's had great um, leadership courses and lots of training. So it really, I felt like put me in a position that when I left and, you know, Opti was sending me into large clients to have difficult discussions or be part of their breach response team. It really helped me in that aspect, you know, and, and I think, it's funny, as I look through my career, one of the things I tried to do to keep myself, I guess, not only grounded, but also motivated is trying to figure out, like, what am I getting out of each role? You know, and I think that's so important as a lot of times we go into a role and it's not 100% perfect, um, but really understanding. And, and for that role, for about seven years, it was a fantastic ride, you know, and, and I do think it made a, a big change because also that scale. <laughs> 
and having that scale and where every every time someone you bring a solution like how many hamburgers do we need to sell to pay for that <laughs> and and that's astronomical <laughs> when you start going about a million hamburgers um, to yeah. pay for this. Um, but it, it also taught me the value of not overemphasizing risk and you know it's something i had always felt strongly about but i really started to see because also it was eight years in a security role you know versus at variant witness i had kind of progressed into it so this was eight solid years of being in this role and to be able to look back and see that because of my transparency and because i gave them options this is what happens when we do it this is what happens if we don't do it and here's kind of a compromise that'll get us part of the way there and reduce our risk that because i had such a consistent record of that as the years went on it became easier and easier and the company trusted that when i bring them some saying hey we have got to address this they were ready to listen um all the way up to the executive staff so um yeah it was a it was a great experience and a fantastic group of people i'd still say hands down one of the better teams i've worked with in my career fantastic yeah it sounds like um there's a lot of emphasis on that being able to communicate effectively to the c-suite you know why something should be in place that you know what the roi is on you know procuring this piece of uh, you know data security uh, software for example um that doesn't necessarily cut you can't immediately see the roi from it but it's kind of like, well, what's the reputational damage? What, what's the downtime damage, you know, and all these other things. So, yeah, I, th I think some some IT professionals perhaps struggle with that somewhat when there's not like a clear kind of chain of, of command, as, as it were, if you don't have it like a dedicated uh, CISO um, and it's just kind of the IT manager or the IT director just fighting a million different players, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, we've, I think all of us have been there. And I think the biggest thing advice I would give to those folks is um, take a step back and really make sure you understand what the business is trying to accomplish. Make sure you understand what your competitors are doing. Because um, I'm not, I like, I'm definitely against fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But I, I totally think as, uh, folks responsible for the security of an organization. It's our duty to share that, hey, if you're in trucking, this is what happened, you know, at yellow trucking, this was this big issue. We have similar things. It's not about fear, but about really education. And if you can tie into like at Wendy's, it was, you know, hey, look, you know, these, these are our customers. And we know that if we don't retain them, you know, this, these things would happen. Um, mm -hmm. It is hard. And it's, it's, it is, if you get, if you take no the first time, I, I think you're going to fail long term, or at least you're going to be very dissatisfied. And one thing I learned early in my career is I would the reason I went to things like, you know, the now Gartner, but Avanta events and the local all security things and listen to blogs and read things was sometimes just hearing somebody explain a problem differently than you do can be so helpful. And I found that I've been told no. And then come in three months later and pitch the same idea a different way. And all of a sudden I'm getting funding for it. So yeah, it can be frustrating. And I think that also for me has been a driving force for, I don't want to work for a company that doesn't have interest in getting better. Uh, Cause I spent some years at companies where, yeah, I was always no and just make it happen and get what you can get done. And 
you know, I think if you're passionate, which most of us, if we're successful are, you're passionate about what you do, it becomes um, very demotivating and, and quite frankly, can just really start to cause personal damage if you're in a role where you're not having success and you're not actually um, getting the support you need. So I also encourage folks that if you're stuck there, put some time in, put the effort in. And if you see the needle move, keep going. That means you're, you're, you're having success, but it also means you're learning and growing. If you're hitting a brick wall, there may be a time to look for something different, you know, find somebody who really wants to hear what you have to say. Definitely. You need that, um, that kind of buy-in into your abilities and, you know, the, the advice that, that you're bringing to the table, um, I suppose a lot of that, you know, it helps being able to deliver things in a certain way, um, being, you know, confident, um, like somebody like you with, you know, good presentation skills, for example. Um, so, I mean, it still takes, you know, quite a bit of leadership as well to, to stand up and say, you know, we need to implement this and, uh, you know, bring out recommendations like that. So, yeah. <laughs> Hundred uh, percent. I think all really key points there. Yeah, I think um, um, one, yeah. if you don't mind, one last point. Um, Please, I do think one of the things I forgot to mention that if you're in that situation, if you can convince the company to do some type of a self-assessment, some type of a external assessment, security assessment, that's really if you're hitting your head up against a wall. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. sometimes that external view will get you what you need. Um, one of my programs, I actually used a free survey that, uh, like KPMG put out and I just answered all the questions and they gave us a risk assessment. Um, so I think if you're in that position, you know, try to find a way to get a third party to help you pass that message that, Hey, look, we've had some work to do here. 